0: Special technique. Special <laughs> technique of shadow boxing. Yo, 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 yeah, had to cut that. Had to cut that. What is up? What is going on, everybody? This is the February 16th, 2020, episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source on social media and the boxing analyst for the Core Hard Truth On Sports. You can catch boxing articles and more on theboxingsource.net. And you could also follow us on social media through Facebook, The Boxing Source. Uh, you could also look us up on Instagram. We have uh, Twitter, at Boxing Source 2, and you could follow the. YouTube channel. Just look up the Boxing Source and you can subscribe to the Boxing Source. number the dial in is 347-237-5539. 5, 5, That's 347-237-5539. 5, 5, Press the one key to get on queue. You'll be able to talk live on the show. Uh, we pretty much have a lengthy uh, episode that we're going to you know try to go through today. Um, we have the you know, review of what happened uh over the weekend and then we're going to look ahead to uh Saturday in Las Vegas. Uh so uh that's what we're going to be going through in this particular show. Uh so I uh, wanna get right into it. You had uh you know an event that was on the Zone on Friday. You had the event that was on Fox on Saturday. Uh Friday uh, it was at the Honda Center over in California, headlined by uh, Ryan Garcia against Francisco Fonseca Saturday. Uh, that was over in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, headlined by Caleb Plant against Vincent Um You have the thing with uh, Ryan Garcia in the lightweight division. Uh, he went up against Francisco Fonseca. The WBC silver title in the lightweight division uh, was – Um, on the line for this particular fight, you had, uh, you know, Ryan Garcia there with a, you know, undefeated record. Um, you know, he, uh, was trying to, you know, kind of like get himself uh, higher up in the ranks at the lightweight division, um, you know, at 19 and old coming into the fight going up against Francisco Fonseca, who was, uh, you know, had 25 wins, two losses, and two draws uh, coming up to this particular bout. Um, You know, he had the thing uh, leading into this particular fight as far as, like, you know, what um, Ryan Garcia was going to do. Uh, He had, like, a lot of talk about, you know, what he wanted to do in 2020. Um, You know, that included, you know, trying to become a world champion, in the year twenty twenty, uh having fights uh at the lightweight division against uh some of the top guys at lightweight or notable guys at lightweight. Uh so um this was something here to kinda of like see what he could do against a you know guy in uh, Fonseca who, you know, was a veteran of sorts. Um but, you know, nobody that, you know, kind of like was you know, a world champion. Uh, He, you know, had like a regional belt at one point in the Super Featherweight division, but the times that he, you know, went for a world title, uh, he ended up stopping short. Uh, You know, he did have the whole thing uh, with Gavante Tank Davis on uh, August 26, 2017, where, you know, Tank Davis kind of, uh, was there a little bit uh, bulky. So uh, while, you know, Fonseca did lose by knockout, you know, Tank Davis didn't necessarily have that belt uh, after that win. And then, you know, once again, he went for that same Super Featherweight title against Evan Farmer, but lost by decision uh, pretty much a year later. So since then he was, you know, going up against, you know, uh like lowly ranked competition in the super featherweight division uh, before going up here to the lightweight division to face Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia um you know had um defeated Romero Duno uh back in November of twenty nineteen in the uh in the undercard of uh Canelo Kovalev. So uh he, you know, has been uh writing on you know, a little bit of momentum uh, with his past few wins, um, you know, people know about, you know, him and his, you know, following on social media or whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, with that following on social media, that has to, you know, also turn into people watching them in the arenas and on TV. Uh, so, you know, you know here the fight card uh, that happened. You know, he pretty much had a good turnout over there in Anaheim and uh he was able to, you know, have an impressive showing uh there. As <laughs> he <laughs> he was able to, you know, make quick work of um you know, quick work of Francisco Fonseca. Um He was able to, you know, catch Fonseca with a left hook that put Fonseca down to the canvas. Uh, put, you know, he fell back and ended up, you know, hitting the back of his head. And with the result of that, the referee ended up stopping his count, and you know, he just uh, waved off the bout there in the first round for right for uh King Ryan to get the KO victory over Francisco Fonseca. Um so he goes to you know twenty and O, and that you know registered as his seventeenth K O victory uh for his young uh career and kinda of like seeing here what happens with him in the lightweight division. Uh, you know, in the press conference he was talking about, you know, he has the you know, the skills, you know, and the and the mindset to become world champion in twenty twenty. Well, we gotta see if that's gonna happen. Uh he was talking about, you know, guys that he wanted to fight uh next. He wanted to, you know, go ahead and uh face the winner of Javier Fortuna. Um, against Luke Campbell uh, that is, you know, slated to be for the WBC lightweight championship. And, you know, that, that, that fight has to be, you know, finalized here first before we figure out what happens with that situation with the WBC belt because the WBC title was held, by Devin Haney And you know after his um, You know last bout After he You know defeated Adulav, uh, He ended up Suffering an injury to his shoulder That you know put him You know put him on the shelf So you know with uh, Devin Haney uh, Suffering that injury um, Against In this fight with Alfredo Santiago uh, That you know Put put the uh, WBC champion uh, on the bench. And so he had to become the champion in recess, which, you know, makes that WBC championship vacant. And like I said, Javier Fortuna and Luke Campbell are supposed to fight for that WBC title. And then we'll see if um, Ryan Garcia goes after that particular belt if Devin Haney is not available, but I think he is pretty much uh, almost ready to go. Um, and that, you know, he's going to wait for that winner. And then he's going to fight the winner. And then after that, we'll see if Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney are going to face each other. Um and that's gonna be pretty much I'd say it's planned for the year twenty twenty one. Even though you have both of them in the ring talking trash against each other, they have, you know, a little rivalry in the amateur ranks. Uh but uh you 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 know, you have those guys there um, you know, adding their names to the deep lightweight division, uh, as you know, we have the uh unified lightweight championship fight that's supposed to come up between Vasilomachenko Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez. And then, you know, that will, you know, decide who has the most belts in the lightweight division. You have Garante Tank Davis, who is a uh, belt holder in the lightweight division, does have a WBA title, but you have Vasilomachenko Lomachenko as a super champion for the WBA. And here with Ryan Garcia, you know, he had an, an impressive, uh, you know an impressive knockout uh that was shared a lot <laughs> in uh social media over the past um you know twenty four forty eight hours so um so that's you know basically what we had there and the thing about uh that was also on the co feature bout you had Jorge Linares. Going up, you know, in 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 his fight, it was uh, Jorge Linares uh, taking on uh, Carlos Morales, and you know that was something where we kind of wanted to see what happened with, um, you know, with uh, Jorge Linares because he had that fight over a year ago against uh, Pablo Cesar Cano um where he went up to super lightweight and in that particular fight he ended up getting knocked out um you know early in that fight um and, and, and that was a shock to you know a lot of guys that were you know following Jorge Linares but you know Cesar Pablo Cesar Cano is a, a fairly tough character um they're in the super lightweight division, so that you know almost was something that was a little bit too much for uh Linares to handle um so so you do have that um and then he you know had uh, waited uh, about you know eight months or so to have his next fight uh then he was able to win that before his fight against Carlos morales. Uh, Morales is, you know, just there at, uh, you know, 19 wins, uh, four losses and four draws. Um, And he had most of those losses, you know, during this particular portion of, you know, his second half of his career. He's lost the likes of Alberto Machado. He's lost to Ryan Garcia and uh, Rene Alvarado. So he's faced... You know those guys around that you know featherweight, super featherweight, um, lightweight divisions. Um, so oh, this this uh, fight here for Jorge Linares is trying to see where he's at at this particular point of his career. Um, if he's you know still able to you know compete uh, at lightweight, or if uh, he loses, then that pretty much may you know, may have been it for Jorge Linares, but um, Linares was able to, you know, dispatch Carlos Morales uh, by knockout. Uh, he was able to, you know, get in. You know, first he got a, uh, you know, a knockdown, um, you know, in this fight by, you know, throwing the left, left to the body and right up top. And, you know, Carlos Morales just didn't have an answer for that combination. So, you know, while he was able to get up from that first uh, knockdown from that combination, Jorge Linares went back to that similar punch combination to put Carlos Morales on his back, and um, Morales wasn't able to um, beat the count that was admonished. So you had Jorge Linares being able to score a, uh, you know, KO victory there. Uh, That is his 47th win of his professional career uh, against five losses. But um, more importantly, what that meant was that you have uh, Linares now is being lined up to face Ryan Garcia in the summer. This is what, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, uh has said that he would like to pit Ryan Garcia against Jorge Linares, um, you know, on 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 the next, like, feature bout for Ryan Garcia. And they want to, you know, put it in for the summer and uh, have it as, like, a headline event for Ryan Garcia. So uh, that is something that we're, you know, looking ahead to, looking forward to. Um, that is going to be a very you know good little matchup, a very good measuring stick for Ryan Garcia because you know a lot of you know a lot of people have said that you know Ryan Garcia, you know while being undefeated hasn't really fought uh, anyone of note. Uh, so you know while he's had his you know wins over uh, Romero Duno and you know now against Francisco Fonseca, um, you know there's not quite He's saying it's, like, not quite enough uh, for Ryan Garcia to be mentioned, you know, amongst the, you know, top six or seven uh, in the lightweight division. So if he's able to um, nail down this fight against Jorge Linares and uh, be able to get a win over Jorge Linares, then more more buzz will be uh, headed over his way uh, to – you know, say that he is among uh, one of the uh, top guys uh, there in the lightweight division. So, um, you like I said, you had Ryan Garcia uh, being able to, you know, score that victory, you know, by or by a knockout. Um, and you, of course, you had the whole thing about the the whole talk uh, between Ryan Garcia and Devin Ainey after the fight, um, you know, but like I said, that, that fight remains to be seen, um, and like I said, I didn't, um, I didn't, like, you know, necessarily think that that particular fight is going to happen any time soon, so, um, that's basically, you know, the gist of, uh, what happened in that fight card. Uh, you did have, um, you know, also Blair Cobbs, you know, he calls himself Blair, the flair. Um, you know, he had his fight against Samuel Nickway, And, um, you know, with that one, uh, he was <laughs> fairly, uh, Disappointing in that particular Performance uh, he's supposed To you know Try to be one of those Guys in the uh, Welterweight division that's On his way up that could you know Try to impress a few people but uh, He hasn't been That impressive you know Over his past few fights and uh, This you know this fight Here that happened on Friday night Against uh, Nikwe, uh That does not help his stock at all so he did uh have that uh basically happening out of the way all right now um wanted to get into you know what happened on saturday uh in tennessee you know headlined by the uh ibf super middleweight uh championship fight caleb playing against vincent Figan boots um Caleb Plant coming in there nineteen and oh, uh defending champion, uh won it last year against Jose category had his uh defense against Mike Lee. This is his second defense, it ended up being his uh mandatory defense uh against Vincent Boots, uh with figgin Boots uh actually being ranked third in the IBF rankings, uh, with a record of thirty one and two. Um there was nobody ranked number one, nobody ranked number two, uh, he and he was ranked number three. Um yeah, like I said, thirty one and two, um had uh fought <laughs> if you look at his um you know record, he, he was like an intercontinental uh champion um and had, you know, fought guys like Yousef Kangle Rhino, Liebenberg, and Zemislaw Opalach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So so that was a couple of the opponents that Vincent Figenboots uh fought up to that particular point, uh before uh getting in the ring against Caleb Plant. Um but uh we'll get into you know this particular fight here real quick. Just wanted to uh, bring in the caller from the 205 calling in. Uh, what's going on? You're on the Boxing Source radio show. Hey, what's going on, James?
1: It's Mike Grady calling out of Atlanta.
0: Hey, yo, what's going on, Mike? Yo, hey, big birthday birthday shout-outs to Mike Grady, man.
1: Oh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. You know, I'm on my way back from uh, Nashville now from that Caleb Plant fight. So that's what, that was my little birthday present to myself. Check out, you know, the fight. It was, it was a good, yeah. good environment. The Nashville fans they showed up. They uh definitely were you know how some crowds show up and they, they like be assholes and stuff. Like people you can right. tell people had a lot of love for Caleb Clinton. Like like a lot of love. Like you could see the love in the crowd. And and it was weird because it was like four or five fights in the uh arena as well too though, but they had a lot of love for Clinton
0: though. Yeah. Yeah, they had like a couple of, um, you know, a couple of fights in that particular fight card. I think um, one of them, I think it was on the opener for uh, Fox, Um, I think it was Austin DeLay against Diego Magdaleno, Um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, like, yeah, Austin DeLay was from Nashville, you know, going up against uh, Diego Magdaleno, and... He had, like, a bad performance where he was just inactive in that particular fight against Magdaleno and let, you know, Magdaleno outwork him. And he ended up losing that particular fight. Um, but, you know, I didn't really necessarily see or hear, like, much support behind uh, dulay in, in that particular fight uh, in comparison to when Caleb uh, Plant was in the ring. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that was like that on one front. But yeah, the thing about Caleb Plant um, going up against Vincent Figan Boots, uh, he was able to display his, you know, overall skill, um, you know, and speed and things like that uh, against Figan Boots. So I'm gonna let you uh, continue because uh, you were there, you know, on site to watch the fight. So how, how did you um, assess the performance for Caleb Plant?
2: I
1: mean, Caleb Plant is um, probably one of so, I think Caleb Plant is a pleasing, casual fan fighter as well as a pleasing technical boxing fighter. You know, watcher as well. I think he's pleasing to all crowds because he he has the flair of an urban fighter in terms of his demeanor, his disposition, and even how he get in and out of moves, how he like set stuff up. Like you can see like he had a lot of uh influence from say like a Floyd Mayweather, Andre Ward, you know, uh James Tony. You could tell he had a lot of influence with James Tony, Floyd Mayweather, things like that. So me seeing him fight and, and like stuff and how he try to do moves is refreshing. Um at the same time, I was a little uh apprehensive because you know when people fight in their hometown they get they get very they they, they like they're they they do not have enough caution. They they adrenaline be rushing they hear people screaming their name and they do stuff mm-hmm. that they normally don't do. For example when Caleb Platt came out, Caleb Plant can control somebody with his jab. We saw that with Mike Lee, we saw that with Uz category. You know what I'm saying? Like he has a sophisticated yeah. jab and he set everything up off the jab. Like when he first started and and okay, Caleb Plant could do this with this particular opponent, but he used his feet to control the spacing. He didn't necessarily use the jab in my opinion, to control the spacing like like he like he wanted to. And vegan boots, but he um you know, as long as Caleb Plant wasn't still Big and Butts' boots couldn't do anything. He, he like, had – he needed Caleb Plant to be stationary before he could throw punches. So, in that respect, Caleb Plant was just hitting the boxing bag for the most part. And, like, you had said it, too, uh, in the chat where you was like, all right, it's, it's about time for them to, like, stop this. But even before that, I started yeah. thinking to myself, this is the type of fight where somebody ends up dying right here because Big and Butts is too – you know he too he got yeah, two too stubborn so to that just yeah yeah for, for for himself so you could tell he wasn't gonna quit but he was taking some clean shots like and and they were at some point Caleb Platt started sitting down and and it was just like clean this hard shots and so I'm thinking like uh you know Raymond save this man from himself because you know right It's gonna be the one and and don't let him be dehydrated because it's over with then. So um, I think the stoppage came a little too late in my opinion, but it was a but it was a good stoppage in that he wasn't gonna win the fight, and it wasn't the case as in the fight before that where the dude landed that one shot, which I saw that shit right. happening too. Guys. I saw that shit happening. We need to talk about that fight as
0: well. But um, you know, but that <laughs> yeah, was not we will, the we pain. will. Yeah, we will. Okay, uh, we'll. I'm wait, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait on that one a little bit, but we will talk oh, yeah, about yeah, that fight. To be
1: more safe. So I, I'm going to need you to tell me the time in which they, they stopped it because I, cause I, they didn't have no clock, like, on the screen. and then, So I couldn't tell, like, like, how far into the round it was. I just only heard the bells, you know, when it started and stopped. But uh, Caleb Plant, man, is refreshing to watch. I think that um, if he didn't fight somebody like Canelo, I personally don't think that they would give a Caleb Plant a decision win over Canelo. Canelo is, is sophisticated, smart enough to keep the fight close. And with a fight with Caleb Plant, Caleb Plant won't win a decision against Canelo. Mm. He, the only way he would beat Canelo is by knocking Canelo out. If the fight goes to the cards right. and he had knocked Canelo, Canelo down three, four, five times, Canelo wins the fight, wins every decision of the fight.
0: Or he ties. Yeah, like, draw. <laughs> They'll find yeah. a way to make a draw. Say
2: it again. Yeah, like they'll
0: find a way to make a draw. They'll 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 redo the they'll redo the scorecards. They'll like erase the scorecard and then put in another scorecard or something. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So. So. Uh, but does he have
1: the skills to give Canelo problems? Of course, I think that. Yeah. If he uses a jab and uses foot movement and stuff like that, he he has the skill. But there are some times where. And, and I like the way when he does the boy punches, like, he he do the whole, like, slick shit. You know, he, he talking shit to you, but with his body length, is like, look over to the right, like, damn, you threw the punch over there? But there are times yeah. where I think he has minor lapses and he does get hit. Like, he, yeah. he turns on the spot so he don't get hit, like, like, clean, clean. Like, he turns with the shot, and so that's where he probably watches James, Tony, and stuff, but, you know, I just think that, he
0: loses his he loses train of thought that hmm. time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I was going to uh, see if I could talk a little bit more about Caleb Plant's performance, but I wanted to see if uh, someone else wanted to um, chime in on, the, on that fight. Uh, 716, you're on the Boxing Source Radio Show. What's good?
3: What do you mean, 716? This is Rick Glazer. How are you guys?
0: I'm doing good, brother Rick. What is going on with you, man?
3: <laughs> wow, you guys,
0: you guys had told me
3: that right before the Wilder fight, you guys were gonna have me out again, and you know what? You guys were, you guys were better your words, and I've come back for more abuse. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> we we gotta tell people you know so so that other
4: people
0: can come on.
4: What well, what was it? Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, it's like saying that we're gonna give people reminders that you're on live here, so that you know, so that they'll they'll know that you're on live to talk about the thing for uh, Wilder Fury too.
3: Okay, well, I I don't I'm not calling it Wilder Fury 2. I'm just calling it for now the rematch because we have so much unfinished business after the first fight. Um, you know, controversial decision to draw the big knockdown. You know, everybody's saying that Jack Reacher should have stopped it. You know, all this kind of stuff. So there's so much right. unfinished business. I'm not even calling it Wilder Fury 2. I'm just calling it the rematch. Or as I told a, a real high class friend of mine, the rematch.
2: Because is
3: there another rematch? You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is something everybody wants to see. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Everywhere I'm, I'm hearing from various people, I mean, between the cross, listen, the cross, this is one of those weird fights. I'll tell you why. If somebody loses this fight, whether one of them loses this fight, let's assume one guy does lose, it's not a draw, okay? And he loses um, with dignity. In other words, he goes out on his shield, or he, he, you know, he puts up a great fight. This is gonna help both fighters going forward, publicity-wise,
2: and, and public
3: awareness. Besides just boxing fans, between the cross from promotion between ESPN and Fox, is mm-hmm. everything you see. You know, this week and next, this coming week is all going to be about this fight, and you know they. You know the Daytona 500 was supposed to be today in a, in a, in a 20 laps to the race, or it rained out. They delayed it till tomorrow, but they had Man. advertisements. I mean, it, it, They had yeah. a, a whole bunch of advertisements. They're, they're they're calling it they're calling it the the the, the um, uh, um, they're calling it the uh, the um, the pay per view event of the decade. But we're, we're only two months into the decade, and we ain't had a pay per view event this year yet. So I guess
1: they're
0: right. Like... <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe they are in, in that instance. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, fight there, uh, Las Vegas MGM Grand Garden Arena for the WBC Ring Magazine and uh, Lineal uh, Heavyweight Championships. And I've said that, you know, this fight is, you know, one of the most important uh, fights in the past uh, five or six years, you know, not just for, you know, you know the two heavyweights being in, involved in it, but from a business standpoint, uh, you know, like you said, uh, they had commercials on there uh, during the the 500. They've had commercials on the uh, Super for Bowl. it, the Super yeah, Bowl. on the Super Bowl. The Super you know, I mean, so, yo, a spot on the Super Bowl is like five million dollars. You know, yeah, so seeing,
3: actually, not to contradict you, but this year was five point
0: five million. They were up to. Okay, 5.5 5. Um, Yeah, 5.5 yeah. 5. So yeah. so having those spots You know, what was it, about three times or so I think it was three times during the Super Bowl That's huge You know, that's huge So they it, expect it, a it, uh,
3: Yeah, it, it's unbelievable the, the push they're giving this show Listen, if this doesn't do Big pay-per-view numbers If it doesn't Okay, I mean it's not it's it's not the effort of not trying, it's not the marketing. It's just that uh, you know people aren't buying pay per view anymore because every, all the yeah. earmarks are there. You got two undefeated fighters. You got a guy from England. You got a guy from the United States. You got you know you got two huge men, one six seven and one six nine. Uh, I mean you got all the earmarks of something great, and you know you got Las Vegas. There's nothing, there, there's no negativity. In other words, it's not like one guy's too old and one guy's a hat. Mm-hmm. And they're both in their prime. One's a lineal champ and the other one's a WBC champ. You know, it's just everything is there. If it doesn't do well on pay-per-view, pay-per-view is, is a broken model. I happen to feel pay-per-view is a broken model, but that doesn't mean it is a broken model. I just happen to feel that way. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, they, they need over a million two to break even. So, we'll see.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Ooh, yeah, that, that, was, that was going to be one of the things that I was going to inquire you about is what would it take for them to break even for
4: of this
0: magnitude? 1.2 million homes.
3: So, with what the fighters are getting. I mean, the fighters are getting crazy money. You know, and you know, yeah. I just, you know, it, it, it's an expensive show. The marketing, I mean, this is, this is just
4: a very expensive proposition. Also,
3: mm-hmm. listen, there's going to be nothing cheap about this show, including the hookers the night before the fight, and the night is Okay, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> they everybody makes money. Well, those British—they go for hookers. They pay too much. They don't even negotiate. They just see one that they're interested in, and they just—and they, they how much? Uh, Seven fifty. Okay, that's how they are. They can't help themselves. They don't even negotiate because they feel that the, the the mentality of the British is just to let you know that if you chisel a hooker, she's not going to do a good job. Okay, so in the meantime, is they don't bother chiseling because they they want a great experience. So. I, I, if you guys, I mean, this is what I found out many, many years ago uh, in, in, in a flight at Caesar's Palace. Uh, and uh, that's just the way it is when the British came over. And that's what I found out. That's what they told me. They said, you need a guy to huh. negotiate for you? They said, oh, no, oh, no, no. you got to take what hmm. you've created I said, okay. So,
0: what's
3: that?
0: Uh oh. Uh, see, just, yeah, I wasn't able to get that what's, last part there, Rick.
3: What's that? I said, I said, uh, I said, speak to me, guys. What's happening?
0: All right. Um, right now, I got uh, two other callers that are on the on the line here. In a bit, uh, four four is uh, live uh, with us on the Boxing Source Radio Show. If you got a question for Rick Glazer, go right ahead.
2: Uh, yeah. W-
4: what's up, y'all? So the rematch. That's. That's, that's, I guess, the the main conversation. Uh, The the thing that that Rick kind of just hit on where he talked about maybe this is a broken model as far as the pay-per-view thing, I'm really interested in what he has to say about that. Uh, Think about it like this. I saw the first fight when I was out of town, and it was just at a bar. They were charging $10 a head. They filled the bar up. It was a really good experience, like old school, everybody kind of, you know, cheering, jeering, and, and the whole nine. The bar went crazy for the knockdown. Like it, it was a throwback experience. And I wonder how many of those are locked in. How many bars, clubs, Ooh. whatever, already have that 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 price locked in. And then uh, the, the the second thing I want to ask you guys is if you heard the the podcast with Mayweather the other day. He was on uh, Drink Champs, and it's a long form podcast. And brother, keeping his train of thought and repeating himself like, yo. Floyd sounded bad, bro. So I just wanted to get your uh, opinions on those two things. Hey, before
1: we that, did yep. Floyd said that he's coming back out of curiosity
4: on the no, podcast? He kind of No, he, he more talked about uh, you know, hustling the fans again for some more MMA stuff. Easy work, you know, that kind of thing again. So he was trying mm, to- repetitive type things. Is that right, right.
0: right?
3: The way the way I understand it is Floyd will not Fight a real professional fighter ever again. He wants to fight MMA yeah. guys in in boxing, in boxing with boxing rules, boxing gloves. But he only wants to fight MMA guys because he realizes he can make the most amount of money for the least amount of work. Number one, and uh, and the least risk. By the way, when I say least work, right. is because it's a cross promotion with UFC, and they do so much promoting because they have. They have uh, like 150 people in uh, media and PR there, so um, it would be a lot easier for him. And the MMA guy brings his own crowd, so he doesn't have to hustle like he would if it was a all boxing sort of thing. And also because of the competitiveness of it, you know, and the risk. Uh, um, mm-hmm. As far Does MMA as Floyd goes,
1: dollars as well for their pay per views.
3: What's that? I'm sorry.
1: Does the MMA charge seventy-four dollars as well for their pay per views?
3: No, 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 no. I think they're forty-four ninety-five and forty-nine ninety-five. I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so a, fr- a
3: friend of mine, a friend of mine, told me they're much less than boxing pay-per-views. Just to let you know, that's okay. Now, mm. one of the reasons why mo- there's there's multiple reasons why the pay-per-view model is broken. Uh, first of all, the apps. Number one. Okay, when you get guys like Canelo and Anthony Joshua on the apps, that's part of the big reason why it 's broken, the other thing is what the fine gentleman on the um on, on the uh, on the question was and who called in on the question was he went to a bar, and everybody there had like interest that 's why Twitter and Facebook are hot for boxing because we have like it, like interest. Well, everybody in that bar has a like interest that 's why they're there or they wouldn't be there paying ten bucks. So what you have is you have people of like interest, so you have people rooting now when you watch it in your home. And you call up three friends and say, "Oh, come on over! You bring the beer, you bring the pizza, and you, 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 the third guy, bring the uh, chicken wings." Those are general sports fans. They're not boxing fans, okay? And when you go to a, a place like that, you're you're with boxing fans, and the camaraderie camaraderie makes the event and the night go so much better than sitting in your living room with three of your buddies who you see all the time. And and, and and drinking and eating, and they don't know anything about boxing. So now you're going with mm. like fans. You're going with like people with the same interests as you do. Like there's a whole bunch of you guys in the room and guys like me and, you know, real diehards, you know, real guys that really mm. like boxing don't give a shit about MMA. So that's, that's hurting the pay-per-view. Here's what else is hurting the pay-per-view. Huge. I don't care. Anybody tells me because it's a fact. Everybody says after Mayweather-Pacquiao, they'd never buy another pay-per-view. Okay, Mm. that's that. When when Manny, if Manny would have just said, "Hey, he outboxed me," but then to go on and say, "Oh, I have a shoulder injury. I had a shoulder injury. I should have pulled out," that's like robbing the people. That was really, really bad. And 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 and, and you know, it's a shame about it is they publicized that sore shoulder so much, that hurt shoulder after the fight so much everywhere that everybody found out about it. It wasn't just on boxing websites, it was in general mm-hmm. websites, in general newspapers, and on the radio and on the T V. Yeah. That everybody and caught that. And that. that was bad. That really yeah. hurt boxing. I mean nobody's and gonna that- sit, nobody nobody in boxing blamed Manny for that okay that that's just the fighter talking, but he's the he's he's part of the he's part of the reason right there okay and i'll tell- ta- I'll tell you another reason okay, as mm-hmm. much as everybody wants to talk about floyd's greatness as a fighter okay and you know what he's a, he's a, he's the he's the greatest fighter of our era please don't go with greatest fighter of all time please let's not right. go there or anywhere anywhere in that league he he's right. the greatest yeah, not, fighter yeah, of doing. our of, of our era, okay, and here's the problem with Floyd, okay, and and he never t- scintillated the crowd with stunning knockouts since he beat Diego Corrales in January of 2001 at the MGM, uh, okay, and that wasn't even on pay-per-view, that was on free HBO, well, not free, HBO wasn't free, but it was on regular mm-hmm. Saturday night HBO, and right. and he never, he never, t- you know what, being up uh, beating up our Getty like I called the fight before before the fight. It was a shooting gallery. I was on radio mm. shows and I said so it's a shooting gallery. It's no contest, a no brainer. That's not a fight. Yeah. Okay, and and this has hurt pay per view. So in other words, you don't have Leonard fighting Hearns. You don't have these fights That's one of the reasons why Canelo and G G G was so interesting. Because they both had a fair chance to win. You didn't know who was going to win. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where these other mm. fights, okay, Floyd's going to win. You know, and, and that's a part of Floyd's greatness. But it's also because he didn't take any chances in the ring and he fought very boring. Let's face it. See what fights besides Corrales that ever, after that did he ever really step in? Let's not go with Gaddy because you can't go by that. That that was a mismatch. You know, it's the, it's the difference in speed. Well, that's like it's like trying if mm-hmm. Gaddy was like trying to win the Indianapolis right. Five Hundred with a Volkswagen. Okay, doesn't happen. So my point is that's part of the problem with pay per view. Now and well, and and Tyson going back to Tyson, fights ended in one round. That was a problem. Don King himself told me years later, because Don and I weren't tight during the Tyson era. I barely, you know, I had just started in the boxing, so he had no reason mm. to, to, to befriend Rick Glazer at that point in time. But um, later on, when we became, Don and I became close, and I still talked to Don a couple times a week, um, basically speaking is that he told me it was very, very hard to sell pay-per-view Okay, uh, because Mike was knocking everybody out one round. So he had to stack the undercard. Everybody said, oh, he put this guy on, that guy. Yeah, he had no choice. You know, oh. he had no
0: choice.
3: You know, I mean, I mean yeah, what choice
0: that, did he that, have? That's with? interesting. That's interesting there because, you know, for, for a while, I had thought that Mike Tyson, you know, would be, you know, the attraction as far as, like, not just, you know, going to the fight but also watching the fight on pay-per-view. You know, I mean, at least you didn't know what you were going to get, but you were going to get a knockout. And if people wanted right. to see knockouts, then okay, you had Mike Tyson. But right. with Don King well, saying what he's saying, though, that kind of like, you know, throws me off a little bit because I would have thought that, No, no, no,
3: no, you know, no, 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 no. They are interested in Mike Tyson knocking people out. But he had to give them a, a bigger show that he normally would have because he wanted to give people their money's worth. It's a, it's a compliment mm-hmm. to people. It's not an insult. It's not an insult to Mike. It, Mike's saying, Mike's knocking people dead. i got to give people a beg for their buck. And, and that's why he was right. stacking undercards. And that's why he was also doing it when Mike was in prison. Uh, and putting these four championship fights on, one these four rematches, and all this kind of big, all these kind of big cards, because he realized that was the ticket for pay per view. If you've ever mm-hmm. noticed, when main events does a pay per view, even my, even Bob Arum, they'll give you an unbelievable main event. They'll give you a, 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 a semi fair co feature, and the other two fights suck. And everybody else does it. Don was loading them up for that reason. For that particular reason, he started really loading them up because he realized what it meant. He guys are spending back then; it was fifty bucks, and fifty bucks was a lot of money. It's like eighty-nine, ninety-five today, and they're saying to him, hey, "Yeah, you know, Mike's gonna knock got one round." So a lot of people were pissed off. The, the real boxing fan wasn't pissed off, but but the the general sports fan was because the general sports fan don't care about the undercard; they only care about
0: Dyson at that right. time. Right? You know what about yeah, the main event mm-hmm. and. The thing is, so right. like, they won't, like, kind of, like, buy it, you know, for that undercard. They might not even watch the undercard. Right. They'll, Correct. you know, just they'll watch me main event. Right, so, right. They'll so go out that. for
3: dinner, and they'll, t- they'll right. They used to call me what? up when I used to get the flight. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick, uh, what time does Tyson come on? Uh, 11 o'clock. Okay, well, my wife and I going to go to dinner. We'll be there at 10.30. I mean, yeah, exactly, you know, exactly, you know what I'm saying? I said, you wouldn't rather save $100 and not take you wiped to dinner? Oh, she'd kill me, you know what I mean? So, yeah, listen, everybody has a different thought of why pay-per-view is not what it was, but here's another reason why. A lot of people are stealing the streams, so so they're interested, but they're stealing the streams, so they're not getting the yeah. buys. So that's another problem. That's another problem. And here's another problem that nobody talks about. Okay. And and why pay-per-view is not what it was. Okay, and, and this is a, this is what a factor. We don't have local sports writers writing about boxing every, anymore in the local newspapers. Ninety-nine percent of it's internet content, and the okay, and and not from your local yeah. newspaper. They're all from boxing scene, fight news, and, and and unless you're a lot of times, unless you're a big and fight a fan,
0: source, don't forget that, <laughs>
3: right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not, of course. But what I'm, what I'm basically saying to you is that the local newspapers have cut down their staff. Right. You know, they got football, basketball, baseball, in, in the major cities. You know, and you know what? That's fine. That's why they're that's why they're in trouble. All these newspapers. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter was, they don't have designated boxing writers anymore. All your designated right. boxing writers are working for TheAthletic.com. dot they're you know they're working for ESPN. 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 Okay, right, exactly. ESPN, Fox so and all that. And so yeah, they have yeah. to be. They, so that it's not reaching a lot of times it's not reaching the general public because remember, uh, let's not count Wilder and Fury. Let's not go there because that's the exception right. to the rule. Okay, who, who can advertise in the Daytona 500 and the and the Super Bowl? I mean, come on. So you, you have a situation that they're not reaching the general sports fans. They're reaching only mm-hmm. boxing fans. We're going to, listen, we know about the fight. Just some banter, banter on, on on Twitter, banter on Facebook. We know about all this stuff. Everybody right. everybody does. You, we know when two right. cockroaches, are, uh, w- w- which one's coming out of a blue corner and one's coming out of a red corner if they were, if they were cockroaches. That's just us. They have boxing <laughs> gloves on, okay? But that's right. not the audience they're trying to attract for pay-per-view. They're trying to attract the general sports public. So that's another sure. issue.
4: So, yep. so they're, operate, they're operating like a mom-and-pop as opposed to operating like a big corporation who's trying to get some of everybody's money. And I wanted to add one more thing, too. During that Mayweather interview, and like I said, y'all need to check it out, man. Because I, like, I, I, I was really shook just hearing him, man. Like he sounded bad. Like I'm telling you, he losing his train of thought. Almost like his, like his, his father's level. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but it's close. Only like you know.
3: only like who's, Oh wait, I'm sorry. Only like whose <laughs> level?
4: Like his father. Boy, no, man,
3: actually, actually, I, I, actually, actually I, guys. Floyd Senior's much more alert and sharp than he appears to be. Been, I did the reality show. But I did the reality show back with him in like 2014, 15, and I talked to mm-hmm. him uh, the the knockout reality show, and we were both on it together. And I've also talked to him on the phone several times since then. And Floyd's mm-hmm. much more together, Senior, than, than he appears to be. Now Roger, okay. Roger's the one that's not. Roger, the uncle. Oh yeah, who yeah, is the we, yeah. We two-time world champion. We know
0: Roger is. Yeah,
3: yeah. We know. Roger. He's got yeah. dementia. He's got the dementia, and he's got else. I got. Um, I'm sorry. Not Alzheimer's. Mean, he got uh, diabetes. So he's a little right, out right. of it. Yeah. But um, but yeah. but Floyd Senior's all uh, all there. Now does he talk well, Floyd Senior? No. But he's all he he his mind is all there. He just doesn't talk well. He never talked well.
0: Okay. You know, right. I mean, okay.
3: it's just Floyd Sr., you know what I'm saying? Some people talk well and some gotcha. people don't. Some people look good.
4: But, Rick, before, yeah. you, before you go on, the thing I was going to uh, lay out, though, was he had actually made a really big admission. He said that he carried your boy, <laughs> your boy uh, from Ireland. Uh, for that fight oh, and that he could have got him yeah, out of yeah, here. Did. He I, yeah, no, I said he did. I said it was we staged. All, I think we all knew that, but he admitted it. Like, I, right. I didn't think he I, would admit listen, it. Listen, I go back to my
3: Facebook. Uh, I believe everything on Facebook they ever put up. Go back to my Facebook. I said it was staged. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Was no, that wasn't a fight. That was that was, that
0: was an exhibition. That was an exhibition. <laughs> come like, for, on. For, for what do it, you think Floyd the, was look. doing
3: so bad at the beginning of the fight? For her? Floyd thought You're it was right. so comical he was laughing at the guy. Guy couldn't yeah. smell fight. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on now, guys. <laughs> hey, I, you know? I, I gotta add. I gotta add my, my guy from the six four six on. Um, oh, He ahead, go is. Go. He is. The self-proclaimed. President of the Deontay Wilder Fan Club From the Bronx Mr. Matthew Brown What's going on?
2: Oh, God. <laughs>
0: oh.
3: oh Come on, God. Come on. Yeah. We, 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 did, we didn't need it. We didn't hear um, We yeah, didn't we yeah, hear that come they on. Are. I will not give a and, fuck with
2: you I don't give a fuck What Rick I don't give a fuck with nobody talking about Y'all talking about Floyd Mayweather, when this is the fight week of DeAndre Weldon. Listen, listen, Matthew, it's a long,
3: it's a it's a long, it's, it's a long show. Okay. Longer than six,
2: seven. (laughs) Hit my music. I got the dot report. Hit my music, JR. It's time to get right to the news. Oh God. Oh goodness. (sighs) Um, all right,
0: Rick, uh, I'm sorry, but it looks like uh, we have to we have to break for this uh, dot-counting report with Matthew Brown. Oh, goodness, here we go.
2: Yeah, hello, JR. Reporting uh, you live and directing the Gloom Doom, New York City. You already know who it is. Matt Brown the boxing up. they coming to you with the official ticket dot-counting report. The Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury fight Last week I told you how many tickets were left It was 13-12 I told you some tickets opened up This week All of the tickets That are to be sold Have been opened up And that includes the floor seats So the floor is completely open We have 77 Unsold tickets On the floor Okay. Remember, the floor was closed previously. I told you they were doing a little hanky panky with the ticket sales, but now Hmm. the amount of tickets left in total. Can I get a drum roll, please, Jr. Uh, Drum roll,
0: come on, come on,
2: come on. What kind of show you running here, man? Come on, where's the sound effect? Do I I
3: really have to subject myself to this? Jesus Christ. Come on, guys! Come Holy it out, man. One
2: thousand three hundred and fifty-eight tickets left. That's mm. it. That's all. Uh, they-
3: For the whole place. For the whole place.
2: For the whole place. Okay.
3: Mm. okay. Very good. All right. Yeah. And
2: then they <laughs> all, all right. Let all do you. You guys can go back to talking about Floyd. I'll call in next week when you guys are talking about active fighters, okay? You guys to call my photo all you want. I don't give a well, shit about well, Floyd. Floyd's a
4: man does cancel. Floyd's eye on the sport. Like, it's, it's kind of worth talking about. Yeah.
2: No, Floyd's still
3: – even though Floyd's not fighting anymore, he's one of the most influential people in boxing as far as don't the athletes. Don't give a shit about call. Floyd.
2: Wilder KO1. Wilder <sighs> the new lineal champion. Wilder's the GOAT. Well, now that's what we're man. gonna do
4: as, as fans. We're gonna throw away the guys the moment they retire and move on and act like they didn't affect our lives oh, in some way. Like, come nah, on, nah, brothers, he's come gonna, on.
0: And, and, uh, he, like I told you, he is the president of the Deontay Wilder fan club, and he he got a little <laughs> bit too
1: too too
0: excited there, so I had to put a halt to that there for a little bit. Um that was the Doc Counting report.
3: Uh, I'm glad it's over with. Market. I was about to start to regurgitate. I'm glad it's over
0: with. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah,
2: so uh we we we'll, we we'll,
0: you know, we'll get back into the uh discussion here with um uh the thing like you said with the whole uh pay-per-view model. Uh you know, like I said, um it it is a important fight from a business standpoint and to reiterate what you said that the fight has to do one point two million pay per view buys in order to break even. Uh so right. so that is gonna be something to, you know, kinda, you know, watch out for and look out for. I think uh had like a caller on queue that uh may have a question. So uh you wanna ask that question, two oh five. Well uh no I just
1: wanted to be back on the call. I had dropped the call and I wanted yeah. to also say that the reason Floyd seems to have a uh, propensity to try to get back in the media when there are bigger fights that seem to take away from him. So that's why mm. I asked, the guy, like, did Floyd say anything about him coming back or having a fight or anything to take away from someone else's shine? Because that, that's not cool, in my opinion.
4: No, that's well, a, that's, that's, um, a, that's a really great point. It goes to Rick's point about Pacquiao talking about the shoulder injury. It's like, at, at, as, at a certain point, as a legacy, all-time great fighter, you you have a, 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 a duty to the sport to kind of uphold what that sport is. You see what I'm you. Like, you, you kind of have Thank you. And, and, yeah, that's a great point, man.
3: That, that's like Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa and, Car- <laughs> and Carlos Beltran going in front of the Little League and telling them to stay off the streets and be on the straight and
0: narrow.
4: <laughs> right about now <laughs> uh, right oh right. man oh, so
2: so yeah
0: we do have this thing um, you know, with these two fighters of course they had the draw uh, December 1st 2018 um, and and my thing is, is that you know this particular bout you know there's a lot on the line but I- I'm kind of like seeing that you know with uh you know with what Tyson Fury is uh doing there or what he has done um you know for this particular fight that uh he's you know you know ready to go um you know I was you know able to uh, get on for uh the conference call uh for Tyson Fury um you know in uh uh earlier in the week and uh, you had, you know, the guys um, that were out there for um, top rank, you know, talking uh, with uh, Tyson Fury, and you had uh, Bob Aram and, you know, Bob Aram being, you know, Bobby and Bob being uh, Bob, kind of like, you know, was saying that he's confident in uh, Tyson Fury. And, you know, Tyson Fury was talking about getting a knockout in the second round, and it looked like Bob Arum was uh, – kind of co-signing it. So let me see if I could uh, get into that here a little bit. Hold on. Well,
3: you you know, I have confidence in Tyson because, you know, there are guys who say they're going to knock out their opponent, and it's like a baseball player getting up to the plate and trying to hit a home run. Uh, When anybody who knows baseball will say that the guy who looks to make contact has a better chance to hit a home run, than the guy that's swinging from his heels. So Tyson is a great boxer, but he has determination to knock out Wilder, and he knows that he's not going to force it, and the knockout will come. And that, unlike the first fight, when he gets Wilder into trouble, and Wilder was in trouble at a couple of times in that fight, he's not going to let him off the hook.
0: He's going to go for the knockout. So... There's a uh, Bob Arum there uh talking in reference to uh Tyson Fury and his preparation for the rematch. Um so uh I I kind of like see that, you know, Fury's a lot more uh confident in this particular instance uh, for this particular bout and, you know, that you know whether he, you know, tries to go for the knockout earlier or or anything like that. Um you know he's kind of like comfortable in you know what what he wants to do there, in, in this particular bout. So um, you know any thoughts about you know how uh, Fury is approaching this bout?
3: Well, I think everybody. I think Fury and and, and uh, calling for a second round knockout. That's all trying to sell a fight. That's part of a. You know, all, all, all the hoopla of selling a fight, and you know all that kind of stuff. And the truth of the matter is, he's a boxer. He, he's he's not a huge puncher. He can punch, but he's not a huge puncher. And mm-hmm. to call a second round knockout or something like that—that's like completely, you know, uh, you know, just you know, off the wall bizarre, whatever. What what do I really think? I really think that. It Aram's in a no-lose situation because, it, I mean, yeah, the show could lose money and Aram could lose money, yeah. But as far as Tyson Fury winning or losing, if he loses, he doesn't have to pay him anywhere near, near for his next flight, what he's paying him now or what he's been right. paying him because he lost. But if he wins, he's the biggest thing on the planet. So especially these especially having uh a worldwide don't forget one thing guys. Fury's got way more worldwide um revenues, um T V revenues than Tyson Fury. It's not even a contest. I mean England he's got all the UK, he's got all over the world and they've never been able to reach a big foreign market for Fury like they have for mm-hmm. I mean for um for Wilder like they have Fury. So Fury right. is worth more as a fighter than Wilder if he wins the, the, because of all the cross marketing. The winner of this fight will be so mega it'll it'll be incredible. The loser, if he if he loses with dignity, in other words, goes out trying giving him his all, he's going to be bigger than he is now in in, in public awareness, not necessarily right. in. In in uh, in uh, revenue, but definitely in public awareness, which will help him going forward uh, once he regroups. But the truth of the matter is, you know, Aaron's in an unbelievable situation. But the call a second round knockout in a fight of this nature when the guy's not a known puncher, especially the first the first fight they went twelve rounds. And 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 Wilder was never in any real trouble. Wilder was outboxed, but he was never in any real trouble of getting stopped. Where the only guy that was in real trouble of getting stopped was Fury. Not, not the earlier knockdown, but the twelfth round knockdown. That was that was uh, you know he, you know I mean listen if if Reese were to stop, it, nobody would have complained. OK, I mean, I mean, yeah, people would have complained, yeah. but n- nobody in the public would have complained. Maybe Tyson Fury's camp would have complained, but the public wouldn't mm-hmm. have complained. They would have said, oh, I, you know, hey, listen, he was out, you know. So, I mean, you know what? I It, it, it just left. As as I told of many, many people in the last several weeks when they've asked me about this fight, there's so much unfinished business from the first from 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 the original fight in the first fight, I mean, just so many things, you know, a draw, both guys are still undefeated, the aura uh, of the of the knockdown in the 12th round. I mean, you know what, and, and I, and I want to give Deontay Wilder some credit here because he's developed his personality uh, much more since the first fight uh, that they had a year and a half ago. Um, he's come on as a personality now. And um, he had no personality before. Now he's the extreme where where he's Mm -hmm. almost overbearing. But at least he's speaking up and, you know, yelling, screaming, bomb squad, and getting on camera and talking good shit and sometimes and sometimes bad shit. But he's talking. Where before it was like, you know, he was terrible. So he's come on. Tyson Fury can always talk his ass off. You know, so I mean, it just it, all the ingredients are there for to be a great, successful show as far as the the artistic uh, of, of the of the artistic value, a uh, financial. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll see. We know the fighters are going to make out. Do, do do does does the PBC make out? Does airman and Top Rank make out? Well, we'll see. That that that's to be seen. Yep. So we we will see. Uh, but I I just think that it's just one of those exceptional fights. I mean, that everybody has to see. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to be going. I'm leaving here Wednesday and I'm coming back next Monday and, um, Hmm. I'm lucky enough to be able to go, but you know what? Um, I don't know if I, maybe I'd rather watch it at home on TV. It's one of those kind of deals. Who knows? You know, it's just, I'm going and I'm going, you know, I'm going. So I have a guy on the undercard. He's on the, he's on the undercard. So I'm going, but, uh, I'm excited about it. It's a fight I'm truly excited about, guys. I can't say that about too many fights. I've seen thousands and thousands of them. So Mm -hmm. there you know. I mean, I was excited about about Duran and Leonard fight number one. That was 1980. I was excited about Hagler Hearns. I you know I you know I was excited about Hagler Leonard. You know you get excited about certain fights. They're not that often. You get excited about fights. You know, you know when you're when you're a hardened guy like myself, and this right. this fight's as they say as they say in England, this fight's tickled my fancy. So that's yeah. just the way it is. <laughs> it's uh, something that's going to be. It's it's it, it, it's what everybody's looking for. You know what I mean? One thing I like about yeah. this fight: nobody's looking up at the other guy. They're you know two inches at six seven and six nine. You don't even notice. You know, it's not like one guy's six foot one and one guy's six foot seven. You know, we the you know, one guy's right, looking yeah. up at the other guy, and the other guy looks like a pea shooter. It's not that's not the way this or fight like, is. Or like you know, I the, mean, the, the, everything.
0: Uh, what was that? Uh, the fury, um, the fury, Safari fight. You know, it's nothing like that. Which uh, one? That the 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 first fight where Fury came back and, and fought sefer Oh Schwartz, <laughs> the- Schwartz, Schwartz. Oh, not not Schwartz. I'm talking about before that, before the first. Wild oh, here,
3: right? oh, oh my God. The little guy, short guy from Italy? Yeah.
0: Oh, my.
3: Yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: my God. I, went, listen, you, guys, you, I, I, my I was watching.
0: Yeah, it was just uh, you had, like, a little bit of an echo the first time, so. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah. still cool. Rick, I got a question. Okay. Did he dropped off. Hello. Oh. Nah. He dropped off. Yeah, he should still oh, be on. All right. Well, while he's getting oh. that question together, can I ask y'all this? Uh, have memes actually extended the result of a fight? Uh, meaning, how people talk about it on social media afterwards, the pictures they share. Because uh, I I feel like we're getting almost to where people are still talking about the result of a big fight on Tuesday to Wednesday. It extends within the work week, man
3: 'cause people oh, no, are sharing no, so- oh yeah. Yeah.
4: no- no no question
3: I mean, listen, social media for boxing is, is sensational. Put it this way to you I got five thousand followers on Facebook, I went on Twitter, and in five weeks i got i got i got um I got eight hundred and eighty three uh, tomorrow will be five weeks uh, i I should I, I'm sorry, I got seven hundred and eighty some on Twitter I should get eight hundred by tomorrow in five weeks already. And, you know, and, and I'm not Don King or Bob Aram, so I'm a more of a behind the scenes guy. So I mean, come on, yeah. I mean it's 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 the it's the things we're doing today with you know um, talking about boxing and social media. Fact of life. You know, I, I, just here. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you something, guys. Let me just okay. let me get it up here. I'm gonna read it to you, okay? And I think you guys will. I think you guys will all enjoy this. Um, you should and if you don't i uh, if I don't you just tell me you don't, but I'm gonna read you something because i think I okay. think it makes sense, okay, hold on now, yep. we're gonna get it up now, oh man, what the hell's going on here? Come on, okay, here it goes. you ready? Social yeah. media is great, social media is great so I just put it up forty four minutes ago on on Twitter. Social media is great. Socializing people of a, of a like interest—in my case, professional boxing—it's a daily learning experience. And what other form of entertainment is entirely free? None. It's true. Think about yep. that for one moment.
4: Yep. All set. Right. You know how, how would
3: yep. you, how would you guys how would you guys know me, and how would I know you guys if it wasn't for social media? Just the way it is. Okay, I mean, yep. it's it, it's an amazing, ama- I'll, I'll give you an amazing, amazing thing. So I had cancer from October of 2016 uh, until um, this past April. Okay, and I was, you know, bedridden for a long time, was supposed to die. And thank God for a great doctor, a, a, an unbelievable wife who's a nurse, a caring, loving wife who's a nurse. Um, I, I pulled through. Okay, well, in the meantime is I had people sending me blankets and baseball caps, get well letters, all you know you, you know through the mail, online, everything, all people I met on social media i didn't i, I never i don't even some of these people I never met in my entire life, some of them I met at the fights, you know all this kind of stuff, and and it it was on an outpoint. Then, I didn't even know this, in 2017, I went to sleep one morning at 6 o'clock, uh, I took took my meds, went to sleep, I woke up, you know, eight hours later, basically speaking, and I had um, I had $9,000 in GoFundMe, my sister put up, a, my sister's a law professor at the University of Buffalo, uh, put, uh, mm-hmm. put up a GoFundMe, and and, and, and it was, we, I, I didn't even know, I didn't know any of the people, yeah,
4: I didn't cool. know them, yeah.
3: I mean, I mean, I mean. When you have a common like, it's a common bond between two people. Okay, now if it was hunting and fishing, okay, that's a common bond. Okay, it, if right. it's boxing. Remember, football and baseball and basketball are not as much a common bond because everybody's in the football, baseball, okay, and basketball. Ninety-nine percent boxing is a unique sport. NASCAR auto racing is a unique sport okay, uh, um, you know snow skiing is a unique sport so okay, so and and we have that common bond together. How many times do you guys go out with another couple with your favorite woman, your wife, favorite woman, whatever, and you go out with two other couples and, and you got three guys you three of you guys, the two other guys. You don't have nothing to talk to him about. The only thing they know about it maybe is football. You don't. You you want to talk about boxing, or, or or they might say, "Oh, I watch boxing." And you know the guy don't know anything, so you want to stay away
1: from the subject
3: because you right. because the guy doesn't know anything, and you don't want to make the guy look like a fool in front of his woman. Okay, you don't want to downplay the guy, so you stay away from the subject, right? So this mm-hmm. is what happens. But when people talk about boxing on social media, okay, on a regular basis, they come out my Facebook, they go on Twitter, they're diehards. And I don't even call them boxing fans. You know what I call people like boxing? Boxing enthusiasts because a fan is a guy who goes to the uh, football game? He wears his uh, he wears his Buffalo Bills jersey, Chicago Bears jersey, Dallas Cowboy jersey, and he buys a baseball a cap with the Buffalo Bills logo yep. on it. Mm-hmm. Boxing fans are different. Boxing they're they're enthusiasts. They're not fans. And in the meantime, is boxing fans are very critical. Okay, they want to see oh, good yeah. fights, and if they're not good, they're going to tell you. And I that's what I like about boxing. Okay, because of the fact that the, that you communicate, you go try to communicate on Facebook with with, with NFL players and, and basketball players and um, uh, you know, uh, NFL baseball players. Facebook or Twitter, you might go on their Twitter, but they're not communicating with you. They're not following you. You're just following them. Okay, mm-hmm. boxing issue. Communicate with your favorite athletes. Now not only just social media, you go to the fights. They'll talk to you, you know, they'll after the fight they'll be at the bar area and, and the and, and, right. and the basketball, football, they're whisked away like they're fight like they're like they're superstars. They might only be a journeyman. But not in boxing. Okay, and the people relate to that. People another thing is football's got a real problem. I'm, okay, I'm gonna tell you what it is. You cannot relate to guys that are three hundred and fifty pounds. And three seventy five and three twenty five, and that and, and that are six foot six and all muscle. They don't look like okay, boxers because of all the different weight classes. Ninety percent of the boxers you can relate to because they're normal sized human beings, but you can't relate to them in yeah. football and, and basketball. Do You guys agree with that or not?
0: Well, that's on uh, one end uh, for, you know, the thing for uh, football and and basketball is, especially with football, because with football, most of the time, well, 99% of the time, all of the football players you see on there have their helmet on. So you don't see their face. Correct. So you're right. not able to right. become familiar with who they are and who they look like. You know their name, you know their right. number, you know who they play for. But that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything else right. outside of that. With boxing, there is, you know, somebody you can relate to. And a lot of the times you get a personal story or a backstory of that fighter, you know, before he gets into the ring. So you could pretty much root for that fighter before he even, you know, has his first fight or first big fight or whatever it is, because you could relate to what his background is. Can't say the same for like most of the, you know, football and basketball players, you know? Right, right. Remember. Genetic lottery
4: thing too. Like football, basketball, you have to hit a certain genetic lottery to be able to get to the highest level and in boxing is the thing where every man through, you know, hard work, grit, and everything else, then you never know how far somebody's going to go. Like, can you tell the Deontay Wilder story for the NBA? No, pretty much. You know the top 100 coming out of high school, the guys who are going to make it, and the guys who have a chance to make it. But if you just, you know, work hard and you're just that, hey, man, ain't nothing guaranteed as far as those sports go because of that that genetic lottery, you know, component of it. But with boxing, you know, there's a shot. There, There's an actual Rocky chance for it.
3: Yeah, well, that's a lot of truth to that. No question about it. I mean, a lot of guys have been in world title fights. They weren't supposed to win. It. And, they, you know, one one lucky punch separates them, you know, and brings them into greatness. You know, Buster Douglas is one. James Tony against mm-hmm. Michael Nunn, another one. Mike Weaver, a journeyman fighter. Well, he was a journeyman um a contender, but he lost a whole bunch mm-hmm. of fights, and he they put yeah. him in Mike Weaver as an opponent, and the, the rest is history. I mean, it's just yep. it changes your whole. Uh, one punch can change your whole life forever, and it goes the other way. Michael Nunn, he got knocked out. You know, by John John Tate never got a sniff at glory again. You know, so he goes mm. both ways, actually. You know, Michael Nunn, he did become a world champion after that, uh, being a super middleweight champion, not a light. By the way, he just got out of prison, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that. Michael Nunn just literally nah. got out. Yeah, just literally nah. within a couple weeks ago, since we last since we last talked. But anyways, going back to what we are talking about, one punch can separate you from greatness. Uh, from your greatness, and just one punch can make you, you know, legendary. You know, Buster Douglas. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for the Mike Tyson fight, you know, Buster Douglas, he'd be a a, a, a footnote, and he'd be a footnote in an obituary column. So, I mean, that's his whole claim to fame now. I mean, it's it, it was since that fateful night in February 10th of 1990, thirty 1990, years ago. 1990, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah 30, thirty years, years ago. ago. So. Man. Right, and and the guy's still living off of public appearances, you know, to, to yep. this day. This is this this is something funny. You guys will get a kick out of. Okay, let's take George Chavallo Shab- and Jerry Cooney. Okay, George Chavalo, biggest fighter ever from Canada, never was a world champ. Is playing the mm-hmm. as He lost to Ali twice. He's the yeah. biggest. Fighter in Canada ever, the most well-known public figure of any type of of sports celebrities in Canada is George Shavalo. Facker life. What? Okay.
4: Word. Wow. Yep.
3: yep. And he's eighty-two years old now, and he's still that, and he's still that. Okay, that's how big George Shavalo was in Canada. Now you take wow. Jerry Cooney in the United States. You take Jerry Cooney. He had he, he he fought for the heavyweight ch- the the real heavyweight championship of the world against Larry Holmes, got stopped. Mm-hmm. He fought for mm-hmm. the 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 lineal title against Michael Spinks and got stopped. Okay, and he never was a world champ. Never won any belt whatsoever. Not even a minor belt well, at A B F U S B A. He won no belts. Not one belt in his career. Okay, and he's he's one of the most well known names to this day. In boxing, and he hasn't and he hasn't fought since 1990 in 30 years. Think about that, guys. Who doesn't know Jerry Cooney? Seriously,
2: think about exactly. that for one moment.
3: That's how big that when you get into certain fights. Okay, yep. in the Holmes Cooney, you're you're branded. As a winner for life, even if you lose, just like this Tyson Fury Wild, this is going to be so big. Even the loser is going to be well known forever because of all the publicity behind this fight. It just certain things are, are 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 life changing. Okay, really, mm-hmm. you know, you know, me, you know, me getting married was life changing for me. You know what I'm saying? Every you know, you remember certain days of your life uh, forever. You know, I remember when, when where I was when uh, 9/11 happened. I remember when the when the when the spaceship blew up in, in what 86. I remember where I was that day. You know, you know, I just you just remember certain things. Well, c- certain fights are like that. I mean, you guys are younger than I am. Okay, obviously, I'm I'm 61, but um, you know, I, I mean, like like t- to me. At the back in the day, um, the first Sugar Ray Leonard fight was so big, it it transcended society. In 1971, um, Mm. uh, Ali Frazier transcended society. Oh, yeah. I I mean, little old ladies. Listen, listen, Tyson, this is how big Ali Frazier was. I was 12 years old in school. I hadn't turned thirteen yet. I didn't turn thirteen till a month later. Uh, okay, ready for this? The school teacher was t- a little old lady. School teacher I had. I was in the seventh grade. Was talking about it. Okay, okay. To another school teacher in front of me. Are you going to watch the fight? Well, everything was closed circuit. You had to go to a movie theater at the time. The guy says, "No, I'm going to listen to it on the radio." And like it was like. It was like, like you know, the biggest thing. So, I mean, it was so big Frank Sinatra couldn't get a ticket. He had a, he went to Time Magazine and they, they made him a photographer for the night. They branded him a photographer for Time Magazine. I mean, it was so big. It was so big that you. I mean, and, and so was so was the first um, uh, uh, Leonard Duran fight. So was the first fight. So there, there. Yeah. I mean, sir, this is one of those kind of fights. I really believe it. I really believe mm. this is going to be one of those kind of fights.
0: Well, that's, well That so was one of the questions that got I was tonight. thinking about. Okay, that was one of the things that I was thinking about. Was that was this rematch one of those fights where people would stop and say, Hey, I need to watch this fight. You were talking about the Ali-Frazier. you were talking about the you know Leonard Durans. So, I mean, I, you know, being like you said, like you know, being younger and things like that. For me, I think that one of those fights was the first Tyson Holyfield fight. Was where, Correct. you know, people Correct. around me were like, "Hey, we got to stop and see this particular fight." So that's right. It was what that, I, it was know, that way. Thought. Yep. You know, yep, I'm sorry. So I got to see if this rematch is up to that particular level, if that type of buzz is happening, you know, outside of the boxing enthusiasts, like you say, you know, that we are so that if, it, if that is the case, then, yeah, we may see this fight get close to that 1.2 million pay-per-view buys that they're trying to look for. Uh, well, well just you, to let you know, just to let you know, Pacquiao uh,
3: Mayweather. Forget about McGregor and Mayweather. That doesn't count. It's not boxing. Right. Okay. Uh, Pacquiao Mayweather was like that, and so was Tyson, and um, and, Lew- yeah. and Lennox Lewis, and so and was the Lewis, first. Yeah. That, so was the first Tyson fight that came out of prison when Mike Tyson came out of prison when he when he when he beat uh, knocked out Peter McNeely in the first round. That, that did unbelievable. That did incredible. Right. So that was in 95. That was 25 years ago. August 20th and 95. So, I mean, you just remember these things, how big the events were. It's not the fight. Right. It's the event. It's uh, the it's events. event. Yeah. It, it transcends exactly. the fight. It, tra- it transcends the fight, you know? Yeah. So, guys, yeah, what they- else you want to talk about tonight?
0: Now, the thing, uh, you know, other than that was the the part where you mentioned uh, for Don King stacking the undercards. What what do you think about how this particular undercard has been set up? Because what they're doing here is they're just having that one fight between Wilder and Fury being a cross-promotional fight. While the other fights on the undercard are just like on one side for PBC or another side for Top Rank, like nobody is, you know, putting their fighters against another fighter from the other. Well, you know, there, is, there is. the the, the, four, the, the opener. Than, the opener
3: on the pay-per-view. The opener on the pay-per-view yeah. was a top-ranked fighter. That I'm, I'm sure they don't care if he wins or loses. They don't give a shit. Um, and uh, da- Daniel Lewis. And I'm not speaking for Top Rank. I'm just saying I don't know if they do care or not. Um and um he's fighting that uh, Sebastian <laughs> Farfar, that's six foot seven uh uh hundred and fifty four pounder. So I don't think top rank mm. really cares. They probably wouldn't have done the fight. I don't think their guys much. Uh as far as, you know, Navarati, Emmanuel Navarati is the co feature, that'll play yeah. in the Mexican the um, the uh the possible buys from uh from um from the Mexican Americans. Mexicans and Mexican mm-hmm. Americans and then in Mexico they'll get foreign they'll get Mexican T V with that because of that fight where they'll pay more because it's got that fight. Where where normally a Tyson uh Fury uh Wilder fight would not be a big deal in Mexico because you know there's no Mexican yeah. there. Uh, either guy. So, you know, having having Emmanuel Navarati is the co feature, is a is a is a big earn uh for the promotion. In uh, America for pay per view and uh also in Mexico, because don 't forget if you got a mexican in in, in the co feature, they can get money from Mexico for the foreign and and why they can is because a beer sponsor for the t v companies in uh what do you call it, will pay for it, for that, but if they don 't have a Mexican out there. There's the Takati the Corona, uh, you know, a whole bunch of those beer companies. They wouldn't be interested in sponsoring it, so it it, it would not bring it nearly as much revenue uh, revenue in. You know, you know, and they'll have multiple right. sponsors from Mexico, not just a beer sponsor. So that's that's all part of the you know business end of it.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So gotcha. Well. now, so uh, Mike, you, you got uh, something else uh, here? You still on? Uh, yeah, I'm still on. Yeah, uh, you got like uh, another question there for Rick? I mean, we
1: talked
0: about so much.
1: Uh,
0: it's uh see if somebody else got something. I, I gotta think of some. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, and I was uh, like trying to, you know, piece together this whole thing, uh, like a like you said, like how big this event is going to be. Uh, I'll, I will see if, you know, I'll, uh, you know, make it out there for uh, that particular fight, you know, that particular uh, fight um, week. So I'll see if I could, you know, make it out there for uh, Wednesday to see, like, how big the atmosphere is around the Las Vegas Strip. Because, uh, you know, you have those type of events like Canelo of today, um, you know, of Oscar de la Jolla of, uh, you know, you know the past, Floyd Mayweather of the past, is if this particular fight gets that same type of buzz within the city and within, you know, around the country that people want to be there in Las Vegas for, you know, not just the fight, but what happens around the fight.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, I mean... Hookers normally get five hundred bucks. Then they'll get seven fifty. What the hell? Everybody's got to hurt. You know what I mean? Hey, uh,
0: hey every, everybody, everybody has a chance to make money out there uh, for 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 that week. So, I mean, that's you know that's something that I guess will be part of the festivities in uh now, in Las Vegas. Ooh. But
3: now I want to run something else by I guess Unassociated with the, with with the, what's going to happen this week. Let's go to the last night. How did you feel uh-huh. about the Brian Parella um, Abel Ramos stoppage?
0: <laughs> oh man, that was oh that that was to me that was hilarious. It, it was it was all levels of hilarious. It was it was it was hilarious because uh, of course it had to be it had to be Jack Reese of all people. But here's the thing, right? So tenth round happens in and, and you have the first knockdown. And so Jack Reese did the the protocol, you know, after the knockdown to check check on the fighter. So the fighter was able to pass that. So the fight continued. And so before the end of the round and the end of the fight, he gets knocked down again. And when he gets up, he's, you know, still a little bit disoriented. And so Jack Reese followed the same protocol. And he said, walk Mm -hmm. one way, then walk another way, and then walk towards me. And then when the guy walked the other way and then walked towards him and then followed directions, then Jack Reese basically felt that he was not fully, you know, in it to even continue, regardless of what time was left on the fight or not. He's like, yo, the fighter didn't follow my directions. He's not, you know, capable of continuing. I'm stopping the fight. That's pretty much what I had in that. How much time was in the fight when he stopped
3: There was one second, one second, three seconds when he, when he stumbled and one second when they stopped the fight. He actually stopped it with three seconds to go. They said it was one. There yeah. was one remaining on the clock, but it was really three seconds to go. I looked wow. at it in slow motion. I looked at it in slow motion.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I,
1: know. I was there live, so I, I didn't know like the timing. But so my my thing is the reason why I think people like Floyd Mayweather, Andre Ward, uh Canelo Everett, to you know, to the same extent are good because you can tell that these people go through situational you know, circumstances, like, what to do if you get hurt, you know, and, the guy, Pirelia, uh, you can tell that he, that they didn't go through that, like, fight, you do a fighter a disservice, in my opinion, if you don't go through these situational type things, like, in that moment, it's easy for me to say it's sitting on the sideline where I'm not in the fight, you know, with my, with my brain being scrambled, I'm gonna say that now, but, he noticed the last round at this point he should be doing anything in his power to give himself time. He should be trying to tackle the person. He should be trying to throw him out the ring. He should be doing anything to give himself more time so the clock can 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 expire. Like he right. like he right. when Anthony Joshua got hurt, you could tell that they never that they didn't go through that very, very often in terms of what to do when you get hurt. Like um, other people that I can give examples, you could tell they did go through that. Let me think of some examples where Floyd Mayweather, when he got hurt against uh, Shane Mosley, like the way he handled that, like I, I wanted to slow cap because I'm like, this is beautiful to see a man get hurt and how he, you know, like when, when, uh, saying hit him, he, 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 he tightened up his arm to where he kept Shane's arm in his pit for maybe like five to 10 seconds. And then you know he closed the distance, like it was like it was like beautiful watching him go through that situation to extend and give himself time. When Vermain uh, Stivern got hurt by Deontay Wilder in their first fight, Vermain Stivern tackled Deontay Wilder to give himself more time. Like the guy, the his coaches didn't do him no favor, knowing that at some point he may be in this situation.
3: That's, that's what I think about that. Mm. Okay. Well, well, let me run something past you. I think he was so out of it, uh, concussed, that uh, no matter what he would have done previously or learned, it wouldn't have counted. Now, I, I'm I'm going to explain to you my whole theory on this whole thing with me last night. First of all, a referee's sole job is the safety of the two combatants. Right. Okay. No, nothing else. Zero. Okay. Number one. Okay. Number two is he, it's not his job to know how much time is left in a ring until that bell goes off at the end of the round. Okay. Then it's his job to stop just to step in and, and get in between the two fighters. Not till then. Okay, so you can't say, oh, it was only one second to go on the clock. Mm-hmm. Forget about that. That's not Jack Reese. That's not the referee or, or, or any referee, not just Jack Reese, any referee. Number mm-hmm. uh, number three is number three is when he told him to take that walk and turn the other way and walk again and blah, that's a new rule they have in California for all referees for all knockdowns. And that's being employed in California. It's been very successful so far. Jack is, uh, is his home state is California. He's, he's the top, one of the top referees in the sport. Okay, I have no problem with the stop. Now, here's, here's the furthermore. When the fight was stopped, the fighter didn't protest. He was so out of it. He never screamed and yelled about it. It was the trainer. They'd come, yeah. Come out of, to come up from the corner, was yelling, screaming, took his hat, his uh, his hat off, and was uh, I think his name is Mike Nolan, was yelling and screaming and care and carrying on. Okay, fine, but the fighter was so out of it that he never said anything. He just stood there, okay, because he was so gone. Okay, and yeah. then, like I said, it's not it's not the referees. Just like Chavez and um, Taylor, which was 30 years ago next month, March 17th, 1990. Um, uh, the, you know, it wasn't it was not the referee's job to know how much time is left in a round until the until that uh, the, until the final bell goes off to end the round. Then it's his job, but not until that. The safety of the fighter is paramount. We had two deaths in America this year. Two, okay, two deaths. One in Chicago, yeah. um, okay, and one in uh, Maryland. Two deaths in America. We don't need any deaths in this sport, okay. Uh, you know, my saying is, 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 uh, the fighter will live to fight another day. Okay, that's all. Okay, but safety is paramount. We don't need to see people die maimed for life. The the the, the guy in the New York City, the heavyweight Maglemoff, I can't even pronounce his name. I believe that's it, Maglemoff. He won a twenty-two million dollar lawsuit from New York State. Okay, he 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 screwed up for life. You know what? This is this is what I say. This is a beautiful sport, the most beautiful sport there is. But we have to have some restraints and we have to have uh-huh. some uh, guidelines to deal with on a nightly basis. Nobody wants to go home uh, um, um, watching a guy die in the ring. You know, and it's a funny thing that people don't realize. It's just as scary for the other guy when you kill a guy because sometimes the fighter is never the same. One of the Ruelas brothers killed that Jimmy Garcia. He was never the same. Boom Boom Mancini killed Dooku Kim. He was never the same in the ring. Okay. They were worried about this um, Charles Conway and they just uh, that killed uh, um, uh, Pat Day. They just gave him a tune-up fight. Yeah, they just gave him a tune-up fight because of it, a little tune-up away from the stars. It was in Hammond in the I think, last week or the week before because they wanted to see how he was going to react. So they're protecting both fighters in the ring and the and to stop these ring deaths because the second fighter is scarred for life, even if he was successful in the bout. Let's forget about the word success. He's mentally scarred because of it. You know and it's it's yeah. not fair to anybody no prof- no fan goes to a fight to see somebody literally die in the ring. doesn't happen. they go to see knockouts, but they don't see somebody there. listen, people were just as happy that the guy got knocked out and was stopped last night okay okay then then that then we' won a decision. People go to see knockouts. nobody wants to see anybody die. It was a great stop. Right. I don't care what anybody says. it was a fantastic stop. Okay, and, and Jack Reese, yeah. uh, for Jack Reese from, uh, from California that did that fight, he's the one that did the, 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 the wild fight, uh, the first fight with Wilder and, uh, Run and, Fury. Yep. and Fury, Fury. And Garza, Frank Garza, and Kenny Bayless are th- three best referees in the sport by far. Okay, by far. Not even a contest. Everybody else is running, running way behind okay, if it was an auto race, they'd be ten laps down, okay, so I'm just telling you that those are the three best referees in boxing. I'm not saying other ones aren't solid and not good okay you know, you know tony weeks in um in uh Vegas is good um he's very good, there's some good ones, but not those three those three are tops and 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 Jack saw something. That other people didn't see. The stumble looked into his eyes. He didn't pass the smell test with the with the walk this way. He looked the other way. He stumbled, looked the other way, no good. It was a good stop. I, I commend Jack Hort. He took a lot of heat. He, uh, he's taking a lot of heat on social media today because of it. But like I said, I commend the guy a hundred percent. So yeah, gentlemen, what else do you have to say?
0: Oh I mean that pretty much like covers everything that you know pretty much wanted to you know talk about um uh, you know reference to you know with you on the show um like you said, I mean you have the you know thing for fight week coming up uh you know hopefully i'll you know be able to make it out there and uh see if I'll be able to see you out there um okay
3: know so you know what I now. look like that I know <laughs> what you look like, so so when you see me yeah. out there come grab me. I, I'm at the lobby bar a lot at the uh, at the at the um, at the lobby bar hanging out with the fight guys there. I go to dinner after, mm-hmm. then we stop by in there and have a drink. It'll be fun, uh, but I, I probably won't be hanging out there much uh, on Friday or Saturday night. At the lobby bar will probably be like Wednesday and right. Thursday night before everybody gets Got in. It. You know, then it yeah. gets crazy and crazy and there's pushing and shoving. And I mean to get yeah. drinks. I don't mean push and shove because there's fights. I mean. Pushing, shoving get to get drinks. I mean, that's not my my, my style, you know. So, well, listen, guys, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. You you told me I was going to be on right before Wilder Fury now. Um, as far as uh, next week, uh, are you guys just out on, on Sunday nights? Yes. Okay, here's what we'll do for next week, next Sunday. I'm probably going to have a dinner date uh, next week. But it'll be so. Let me figure this out. Eight o'clock Eastern time is five o'clock Vegas time. I'll be able to be on next Sunday at five o'clock Vegas time. So no problem there. Okay. So you guys want to get me on and talk about the fight after? Uh, I'm all game. All right. Gotcha. Now here's my official prediction. Wait, my official prediction. We forgot. You you didn't do that yet. Yeah. I I I I I like why I like Fury. To pick him up himself off off the canvas one or two times, just like the first fight, but to get a decision this time. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So he'll will get knocked I,
0: down. Oh, you say he'll get knocked down.
3: Oh yeah, he'll I get knocked down. But you get, get knocked
0: down. He might get knocked down once, but I don't see him getting knocked okay. down twice. Okay. I think he's gonna get the decision. Out. You think I, with the, if you he think goes Fury down twice, he'll, he'll stay down. But, yeah, I, I got to with the decision. I think he's going to be in a better – he's going to perform better than he did in the first fight. I just don't think that Wilder has enough in the repertoire to get to Fury if Fury's at the top of his game. Right. He, right. Like, Fury no, has a lot of reach people advantage. Feel that he way. has a height advantage. And he can't right. – like, Wilder won't be able to use his – Advantages that he usually has against his other opponents because he was taller and longer than those guys. He's not against Fury. Right. And Fury right, also right, moves right, his head right. a lot and gives a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So that gives Wilder right. a lot of problems. And I, I just don't think that, you know, with Fury, if he doesn't slow down, then, you know, Wilder won't be able to catch up to him.
3: Right. No, well, this is a very good point. Well, listen, I look forward to seeing you in Vegas. Uh, come grab me, and uh, in the meantime, is uh, you, you're lucky. I don't drink. I only have a drink a diet coke. So you're you're buy you could buy me a drink. It's expensive. Anyways, guys, it was, a lo- it was great. Great having. I, I love being on your show. You guys are very enthusiastic. Ask great questions, and I hope I give great answers.
0: No, thank you very much there, Rick Glazer, for uh coming on uh to the show and, here and, again. and, and everybody listening welcome. and, and <laughs> everybody
3: listening, my Twitter handle. Okay, you know, there's many fake Rick Glazer accounts. I didn't know it was so great to be Rick Glazer and I got fake Twitter accounts out there. My name, I didn't understand this. But anyways, it's at Real Rick Glazer One. The, the number one, okay? At Rick at Real Rick Glazer One. G L A S C R. Thanks guys for having me. Look forward to seeing you in Vegas. And in the meantime, it's next Sunday, five o'clock. Okay, guys? Bye bye, everybody. All right. Good night.
0: Good night. So there you go. Uh you had the uh Rick Glazer, you know, there on to the show to talk uh multiple topics uh, on here. Um, you know, thank him for being on to this particular show. Um, you know, he did, uh, you know, give his prediction on the Wilder Fury rematch, Yeah, uh, and he is picking Fury. Uh, you know, I, I, I got Fury as well in this particular rematch. Um, Mike is, uh, still on. He'll be able to give his prediction, uh, <laughs> Matt gave his prediction <laughs> during the dot count report. Uh, Mike, what, what do you, what do you have, uh, you know, for this fight, uh coming up Saturday.
1: Well, I wish you would ask me that while he was on the phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um
1: I definitely think Wilder will win. I think that both of you guys are wrong in your in your uh you know, predictions of what's gonna happen. I think that Wilder will exhibit his jab a lot more in this fight. And he will all but freeze Tyson Fury. And the faints and fakes that Tyson Fury does will play right into what Deontay Wilder wants him to do. And it'll, he'll be right in line for that right hand.
4: And he will
1: get knocked down probably a couple times, if not get knocked out. But uh, it will obviously be a close fight. But Deontay Wilder will either pull out a close fight or a knockout
0: going to win the fight. That's all that. Okay. So and that's, that's what the, you got yeah. there is Mike Grady uh, picking uh, Wilder to win the fight there on Saturday at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. So uh, that pretty much uh, does it for this particular episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. Uh thank everyone for uh, calling in and uh, giving their thoughts on the topics that we had on hand for this particular show. Uh, We're going to, you know, get right back at it uh, next Sunday uh, at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Um, And, uh, you know, we'll be able to talk about the results of, you know, what happened at, you know, MGM Grand Garden Arena. And uh, like I said, the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and not get hit. Not to say in the trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody.